0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Table Talk, discussions of church theology and culture. My name is Luke Burrow. I'm the family and ministry coordinator here at CBC Elderton. With me, as always, is our lead pastor, Andrew Hall. You join us this week to talk about the goodness of God. Last week, we talked about temptation. Our episode was called The Anatomy of Temptation, where we talked a little bit about how we experience trials and tests and temptations and how we have uh, inner desires and passions that we that really force us to rely on God and on his goodness as, as we wage war against our flesh and against the world. And we want to now flesh out this topic of the goodness of God. There's, I mean, there's so much that could be said about this. It's tough to put together a, a podcast episode on the goodness of God in 20 minutes. We could obviously probably do an entire podcast on this topic every week. We could be talking about the, the goodness of God and probably never run out of things to say. But for the sake of our time in the book of James, we want to think a little bit about James 1, really 16, to 17, and 18, which follows after the... Discussion of trials and temptations that we talked about last week, and talk a little bit about how God's goodness factors into what James is trying to say. And so, any opening thoughts, Andrew, before we get started? The um,
1: the quotation that well, I've I've attributed this to Luther. It's it's actually not Luther, but it's something Luther It's Like a lot of things are attributed to Luther. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, there's this saying that goes something like, when God first appears to us, he appears as the devil. And that can sound quite disturbing to us as Christians. Sure. But if you understand that, that when you first encounter God, um, most people, they, they've they got this notion of God, but they've developed a concept of God in their minds. And because of that, um, when they meet the real God, the true and living God, it often is disturbing. It disrupts them yeah. because it confronts, God confronts them. He, uh, it's not an it, he confronts them. He confronts our desires. He confronts the way that we think. Um, and and we can think of just two, two aspects of theology. It's uh, the doctrine of God and the doctrine of humanity. The more that we know God, the more that we know ourselves. And the more we know ourselves, the more we know God. Um, that's John Calvin, and as a result of that, uh, when you discover uh, when you discover who God is, it can be disorienting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so James actually starts off with when he talks about the goodness of God, do not be deceived. Yeah, my beloved brothers, he's not just talking about brothers in in a general sense, but he loves these people. Do not be deceived. And he wants them to be clear about the nature of who God is and what he is
0: like and not to be deceived
1: by believing a lie about
0: God. And there really are so many lies about God you know, in our culture, for sure, where, where we live. I'm sure there were just as many in James's day as he was writing. We don't have to go far in our society to have people... Tell us that God, God is a God of love, and so you should be able to do what you want because God just wants you to be happy. There's lots of, lots of ways. I think that's one of the primary ways that I hear about God. If anybody has anything positive to say, it's certainly in that direction. But there's there's so much more to who God is. Much of it, things that those same people probably aren't interested in knowing or hearing, and yet when we as to your point, Andrew, when we know God truly, we realize just how good he actually is. And so the first question we've got to discuss, a pretty basic foundational one, what makes God good? Uh, his
1: very nature, mm-hmm. uh, this is his essence. It is, it is who he is. Um, and that's expressed, that's already been expressed in James 1. Um, if, if you read the Bible and you say, what does this passage teach me about God? That's always a great way to start your Bible reading. Absolutely. Um, back in verse five, um, when we get this, when we really get the first theological concept about God, James says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and, and it will be given him, um, the the literal translation might be, uh, "Let him ask the giving God." Mm-hmm. And so, the very nature of God's goodness is that He's a giving God. He's not a selfish God. He's not a withholding God. He's a giving God. So, so part of what makes God good is that He's giving. What does He give? Uh, he gives wisdom. We know that from verse five. Uh, we know that uh, what He is also giving is described in verse seventeen. Uh, it's it's a good gift. It's a perfect gift. and and it comes from a God who isn't shifting. he's not he's not fickle. So what makes him good is his constancy. Mm-hmm. his he is um, he's y- you can depend upon him because how he has acted before is how he will act today and how he will act tomorrow. so what when we think about what makes God good is that he gives. Good gifts. He's a giving God. He gives good gifts, and verse eighteen is going to go on to describe that what he gives is he gives us the word of truth that brings us the the crown of life, which brings us salvation. That's why James will say, "Of his own will, he brought us forth." So there's a, a creation language. Mm-hmm. So. So, God doesn't create out of a lack. God creates out of an abundance. God creates out of joy. God, and the word that, the word that uh, was was in the beginning, that when God said, let there be light, is also the word that God spoke over and in and through us to create, to create the knowledge of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. uh, as, as Savior and Lord, um, and and that concept then becomes really important, because whenever we think about God, um, Luther would say, God creates faith in the human heart the same way that he created the world. He found nothing and created something. That's That's the kind of goodness that he has. he He looks in uh, to our hearts, He sees nothing, and he creates something, and it's something that is beautiful. So what makes God good? He's a giving God. It's his nature. He is he is consistent in all of his ways and he is working for our good. So his goodness is working for our goodness.
0: I think that as you answer that that's a very good distinction to make that God God is good by his very nature and then we see that goodness in various ways applied to our lives. So I don't know that it would be fully true to say God is good because of what He does, right? But that He He does good because of who He is, and I think for for many of us that isn't so clear of a uh, so clear of a distinction. I think uh, many people today, if you were to ask them what makes God good, they would be quick to have, to point to what God has done, which which is very much a good and wonderful thing, but. God isn't good because of what he has done. He's actually good in himself. And so I think that's a, a, very, good, a very good clarification to make as we, as we think a little bit further about the goodness of God. And you've talked about some of the ways that we see that goodness played yeah. out in, in the way he generously gives and the way that James tells us that he gives good gifts. Any other ways that pop into your mind about how we see the goodness of God played out in our everyday lives?
1: Uh, he delivers us from temptation. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the basic concept here.
0: And that's where we are in James, yeah, for sure. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, he he doesn't leave us alone, and he doesn't leave us to our own vices and our own disordered desires. Um, he loves us as we are, and he loves us so much that he doesn't leave us as we are. and And that's what makes him so good is is that he doesn't ask us to create our own adventure he doesn't ask us to create our own future he gives he's giving he's a giving god so we need we need to grapple with the the goodness of god and and how he gives good gifts if the the reason i started with that distinction between god in his essence as being good and god giving what is good uh, the reason to to make that distinction is that our temptations often start with a suspicion yeah. of who God is and if we don't if we don't deal with that deep lurking suspicion that God appears to us first as the devil and we've got to root those those little devilish thoughts out of our minds uh we spend all of our lives rooting out that, rooting out suspicion, skepticism, cynicism. It's
0: exactly where sin
1: started all the way back in the garden, right? It does. It, like James is not really teaching us anything that's surprising or new. He's mm-hmm. really just good, at giving us uh, greater clarity. The more that you know the goodness of God, the more that you focus on his goodness, um, the greater spiritual strength and power comes. Uh, I'll, one quick story here. Um, when I was twenty three, I I was called to my first church. Crazy, absolutely nuts that a church would call a twenty three year old to be their lead pastor. It was a small congregation. They had gone through all sorts of trials and difficulties. I was visiting um, a widow from the church, and she was she was reflecting on the first six months of my ministry there. And she had said something that's I've never forgotten. She said, you know, as a church, we had forgotten. We had kind of become, we turned on ourselves and we had forgotten uh, that God was good. And you kept reminding us, God is good. God hmm. is good. God is good. And honestly, the The reason that I thought God was good because I was so excited to be in pastoral ministry, yeah. and there was a bit of a a failure on my part to understand the goodness of God, but God, in His grace and his goodness use that to really spur on a congregation to to love and serve and care for one another and heal wounds and and I think that when we see the goodness of God and when we're We're looking for it and reflecting on it. It does something very powerful for
0: us. Absolutely. And in the context of James, as we're talking about temptation and about trials, that really is, we mentioned this a little bit last week, that understanding of God's goodness really is the thing that makes the difference that as our desires within us pull us towards sin and toward death, it's understanding God's goodness that he is for us and not against us and that he mm-hmm. intends trials for our ultimate good. It's it's being rooted in that that makes the difference really between life and death, between us being perfect and complete, lacking in nothing like James 1.4 would say, or whether like James 1.15 says that sin brings forth death in us. This being deeply rooted in God's goodness really is in so many ways, the the antidote to temptation. Though certainly we are never perfect in that; we will never not struggle. I think in this life to believe that. But the more the more we fight, the more we have others around us reminding us of the goodness of God. To your point, Andrew, or to your story, the the importance of not only reminding ourselves but being reminded by others. Yeah, that really does strengthen us in the face of. Temptation, which I think is really ultimately why we have this discussion of God's goodness here in James, where we have it in in the context that he has placed it.
1: Yeah, I think that we fail to appreciate how um, to to go back to our conversation last week. Fighting temptation, it actually begins with um, you're not just fighting against something; you're fighting for something. Mm-hmm. You're you're wanting to hold on to the very thing that that will help you to remain steadfast. Um, you're trying to to fight to to grasp onto the the truth that God isn't shifting like a shadow. So you're not only resisting something, resist the devil, and he will flee from you, as James will say in chapter four. Mm-hmm. Submit to God, and and part of that submission is. God, I believe you're good. I don't see, I don't know, and I don't understand how you're good in this. But I want to believe with all of my heart, you don't shift, you don't change. You, you're, you're not like the, the, the sun that's always, the, the, as the earth moves, the, the shadows are shifting. You're not like a shadow that's shifting. You're constant, you're steady, and so, I need help to see that because the problem is that I don't see what God is doing. God's doing 10,000 things, and if I see two or three of them, I might be that might be very fortunate of me, but seeing those two or three things can help me to recognize, okay, God's probably doing more. He's working in my life. He's working in other people's lives through my life, and he's working through other people's lives in my life and he's doing this all so that i might know him love him glorify him enjoy him and he's he's setting me up for success because the success that he has is to be with him forever that that what he what he is working out is that that we 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 have to root out this this deep seated suspicion of god and that faith is the, that faith begins by by rooting out that suspicion of God, do not be deceived, my brothers, my beloved brothers, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the father of lights. And this is the nature of his goodness. What emanates from God, that light that emanates from him is all goodness. It is even in his justice and his judgment, he is good in all of his ways. And he, he is perfect. And so those are the things that are intended to drive us when we're fighting temptation.
0: And so to wrap up our episode this week, as we always do, we want to recommend some resources to you listening. If you want to think more deeply about this topic, uh, Andrew, what, what resources are you bringing to the table for our listeners in this particular week?
1: Yeah, I would say that um, you could go to any book on the attributes of God. Mm-hmm. That would be one thing. And you could study the attributes of God. Uh, one book that I will recommend, you've heard his name a couple times already, is Randy Elcorn. Mm-hmm. He's got a tome of a book called The Goodness of God. And just to sit and dwell and meditate in the goodness of God with someone who's thought deeply, I think you'd be tremendously blessed and helped.
0: On my end, uh, one book that I would recommend is not strictly a book on the goodness of God sort of in a theology proper sort of way, but a, a book that helps us, I think, experience God's goodness in a very helpful way. This is a book, Andrew, I know that you've read and recommended to lots of people. It's it's about Jesus. It's called Gentle and Lowly by mm-hmm. by Dane Ortland. And we, we know from scripture that as we see Christ, we see God. Christ is the perfect representation of who God is. And if you want to read a book that will encourage you in God's love for you and care for you through Christ, I could think of no better book than that. I know so many people that have read that book. I know so many people who have appreciated it and so many people whose whose understandings of who God is and how he loves them and cares for them has grown as a result. And so can highly recommend that book as well. Andrew, any, any parting thoughts for the listeners before we head out this week? God is good all the time. And that would be what I would want each of us to hold on to. Absolutely. And may, may we all hold on to that this week. Thank you all so much for joining us for this week's episode of Table Talk. We are continuing to work through uh, the first chapter of the book of James. James 1 tells us so much about the rest of the book. So, we're, we're going to go through that whole chapter. And I don't know if we're going to be continuing uh, after that. I think we'll be having some different podcast topics once we're through James 1. But we've still got a little ways to go mm-hmm. yet. And so, next week, we will be looking at the the next little section of James 1. The Our title is going to be The Implanted Word So I hope many of you will be able to join us for that episode. Until then, thanks so much for joining us this week. Hope you have a wonderful week and we will see you then. Bye everybody. Bye now.